in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Uh, breaking news. It's not really breaking news. It's not a big deal. Uh, but the fake news is totally flipping out. They've got the, um, the cameras in the courtroom in Atlanta, Georgia for some preliminary hearing about this whole January 6th stuff. Um, I guarantee, well, let me see. It's going to be interesting for about 10 seconds and then it gets boring again. Uh, this guy, Cheese Bro, he's just a, an attorney from New York and he had an idea and he wrote down some ideas about, uh, the electoral college and they threw him in freaking jail for that. This is the, this is what they're talking about right now and they want to get him. He wants a speedy trial. He is so innocent. Here, do me a favor. Turn it up. What the hell? The, the, sent slash received approximately 18 emails all in his role as an attorney for the trump campaign asked to opine on the application of the 12th amendment to the united states constitution and the electoral contact and then several other emails most of those additional emails were simply transmitting the memos that mr chesborough wrote that are alleged in the indictment and one or two other emails to certain state officials discussing the logistics of how to go through the electoral contact. So that's what I'll call the alternate elector alleged conspiracy. Mr. Chesborough has been indicted as part of that conspiracy. He's alleged to be part of that conspiracy. Obviously, we will defend those charges, but that's conspiracy A, if you will. Then there are two or three other conspiracies. With all due respect to Ms. Powell, and nothing I say, of course, in this should um, indicate whatsoever that I'm commenting on the evidence against Ms. Powell. And I apologize. I know that's not Ms. Powell, but her representative. Sydney Powell, Rafferty. the Kraken lady. Powell is alleged to have engaged in a conspiracy, again, just accepting the allegations and the indictment is true, dealing with the computer systems down in Coffee County, Georgia. Um, and those computer systems, as we allege in our indictment, Mr. Chesborough, or I'm sorry, in our motions, Mr. Chesborough is not even, even alleged to have undertaken anything. It's not exactly the O.J. Simpson trial, is it? But that, that had its moments like this, too. Turn up the volume again. Then there's a third alleged conspiracy. And that third alleged conspiracy, I'll call, uh, um, I, I don't necessarily want to use her name because um, of the circumstances, but the poll worker conspiracy, where there are allegations that certain individuals named in the indictment went and tried to apply some pressure tactics to a certain poll worker. Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss. County. That is also a conspiracy that in no way, shape, or form involves Mr. Chesborough. And again, that's not my defense take on it. That's according to the allegations in the indictment. This guy's on fire. Yeah. Again, as I started off, Your Honor, I understand that RICO does provide flexibility. What I would argue to the court, however, is that, of course, RICO does not overrule all of the rules and statutes and constitutional provisions that ensure that Mr. Chesborough not only has a speedy trial, which, of course, he's already demanded, but a fair trial. And Mr. Aurora will talk more about the detailed case law, but it's pretty clear here, Your Honor, that if this case were allowed to go to trial with either all 19 defendants, which obviously it seems like that's probably not going to happen, but even with just Mr. Chesborough and Ms. Powell, 
you, you're going to have two cases in one. You're going to have, and I'll be very interested to hear the government's good faith estimate of evidence and witnesses, but you are going to have days, if not weeks, God forbid, maybe even say months, given some experience in some other high-profile cases that are happening in this building under the RICO statute. You're going to have weeks, if not months, of testimony just related to the Coffee County allegations. All right, we'll leave it there. That's uh, the lawyer for Mr. Chesborough. Still have a problem with his name. He's just a very smart lawyer, and he had some ideas, and he wrote them down in a memorandum as an attorney. Yeah, he didn't say this is how you storm the Capitol. He this is he explained the Twelfth Amendment and what it means. And you know what? People differ on the Constitution and what it means all the time. This guy is so innocent; it's not even funny. And this attorney, I like him. I'm not sure who it is. Uh, let's see. His name is Scott Grubman. I now I know who it is. Scott Grubman. Good job, Scott. I like your style. I like his style. You know, they want to try all 19 guys together. You know where they do that? Egypt. They do it in Egypt. Now, I like Egypt. I've got lots of friends in Egypt. Well, not lots. I know two guys from Egypt. But um it's not <laughs> – that's not the model. What they do is in Egypt – they throw everybody in a cage, and then they wheel that cage into the courtroom. And it could be dozens of people in that cage, and they actually have a trial that way. And 19 defendants? You couldn't fit them all in the courtroom. Anyway, the whole damn thing is a sham, as you know. And Rudy will be very good on this. You know, Rico, 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 the racketeering stuff, racketeering influence and corruption. Well, it so does not apply. Now, if you are a mobster and you pick up the phone uh, to arrange, I don't know, what would you do if you're a mobster and you pick up the phone and you got to arrange something? Uh, let's say you call Home Depot for a bunch of plastic bags and lime, right? So you can bury a body, right? I would say that's a crime, right? That's probably a, you could say that's part of a criminal conspiracy, picking up the phone. If you didn't, if you didn't kill the guy, but you're actually getting the stuff to help him and you know that, that's a crime, right? Because somebody got killed. There are people being charged criminally right now for picking up the phone because they had an opinion about the election. You know, it's this is still America. You can think the election wasn't fair. I think the election wasn't fair. I got concerns. I got to say this, though. I know Joe Biden's the president. Okay, that's final. He's the president, and uh, they're not going to undo that. I get that. One of the reasons why I'm so frustrated about January 6th, which was a terrible day, and anybody who broke anything or anybody who hurt a cop needs to be punished. That doesn't include Enrique Tarrio, by the way. Didn't break anything, didn't hurt anybody. Enrique Tarrio in jail for how long? 22 years? That is an injustice. You know, what they're doing right now, they're counting on us, the American people, being out to lunch. We we don't have a media who can, you know, in the old days, right, they they kind of sniffed out corruption. You couldn't get anything by them. They were supposed to stand up and say, you know what, this isn't right, right? You had those big columnists at the New York Times. You couldn't get something by them. Now they're all in on it. They're cooperating or they've been totally neutered. So we have no we have no way. It seems we have no way to counteract that or what's happening. Again, the power of what did my friend Barbara Samuels say? All right. Edmund Burke. All right. No matter what you can do, no matter what you can do, you can do something. Right. You know, sometimes you think, well, I can't do anything. I'm just a person. You know what I mean? I'm just uh, I'm just retired or I'm just uh, working this job. And, you know, what can I do? 
Well, you can do a lot. Listen to this. Edmund Burke said this a long time ago. Nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could do only a little. If you can do only a little, do it. You know what I'm going to do? Now I'm going to write a, a check to the Rudy Giuliani Defense Fund for starters, right? Just for starters. And if you can only give 10 bucks, give 10 bucks. Hey, what's that thing again? What's the thing again? What's the, what's it, uh, the website? Uh, you can do the website or you can mail a check. I'm going to do the website. That's easier. Uh, we got two guys trying to find it out right now. We got to, you know what? We got to make this top of mind. Go. What? RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. And Giuliani is G-I-U-L-I-A-N-I. RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. If you give 10 bucks to that, right? It's only $10. Well, if a thousand people give $10, oh, that's great. Or if you want to give money to, I don't know, the Make America Great Again pack, or I can't tell you what to give money to, and I'm, I'm not telling anybody. I'm just, I'm telling you where I'm giving some money. Um, $10 coming from a thousand people, that's better than one guy writing a check for $10,000. That makes sense, right? I mean, and small donors, that's what it's all about. They're the, they're the hot, item right now in politics. It used to be those big guys, the bundlers, right? No, forget the bundlers. Forget the fat cats. It's up to us, anybody. You get a couple of your friends, you got some, you can get some money or you write the letters or you go on social media. You got it. You can't keep your head down in a moment like this. You just can't keep your head down. You got to, you got to speak up and be counted. Hey, I want to hear what the government is trying to say about this cheeseboro guy now. Can we do that, please? The independent. This is the Georgia courtroom, and they're trying to shoot down what the other guy just said. What's the confusion? And one of the remedies is obviously um, jury charges. And in your case, the question becomes, how many jury charges can you bring, uh, can you provide to the government, government, the jury, as far as trying to understand all these types of things? So this case that I gave you is a RICO case involving gang-related type charges. And what it basically says is, those two people were charged with the same crimes, and in the end, the court didn't sever those matters. We don't have that here, right out, out of the gate. There's no antagonistic defenses. I'm not going to get into factor three. There's really just overflow and spillover as far as that goes. And so the question is, is the evidence against Ms. Powell going to impact her? And the reason I say that is we're charged in the RICO and then six predicate acts. The predicate acts only deal with the elector slate as far as who filled out the electors. Okay, well. It does get very technical, and these guys drone on and on and on, and uh, you know what? They get paid by the hour. The good attorneys, and these are good attorneys, you got to pay them by the hour. You know what they get per hour? Anywhere from uh, $500 to $3,000. Yeah, they got $3,000 an hour attorneys. You know, in these trials, it can take weeks, months. How do you How do you put up with that? How do you deal with that? That's tough. You talk to a lawyer on the phone, they charge you. <laughs> They'll charge you 300 bucks just for a phone call. You think, oh, wow, what a great guy. Uh, yeah, a great guy, but he's charging you. The meter is always running, and that's part of the um, strategy here, to break these people, to bankrupt them. The punishment is the process. That's uh, the saying, the old saying goes. So um, I will be keeping an eye on this, but I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I know Trump is thriving, all right? His lead is bigger than ever. He is now consistently beating Joe Biden 
in every poll. Um, and probably, I don't think these polls are actually showing just how strong his advantage is. So everybody seems to know that Joe Biden can't make it. Uh, the book, people are talking about this new book by a guy named Foer, Franklin Foer. He's, uh, he wrote a big book about Joe Biden. This is supposed to be a pretty uh, accurate book. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm, I went right to the scene of the, uh, when the coffins came off the plane, remember? And Joe, the families got so angry at Joe and they were yelling and screaming at him because he was making jokes and he was so inappropriate. Anyway, some of that is in the book, but they don't put in the part where Joe looked at his watch. Joe actually looked at his watch and everybody covered it up. Uh, and that was a horrible thing to do. You can't do that when you're the anybody, a normal person, regular people could do this job better than Joe Biden. You saw him, how he ran out of the room when that guy got the uh, Medal of Honor. He just walked out of the room. Now, I will say this. I don't think he was deliberately disrespecting the guy. It was just, you know, he doesn't uh, he's making mistakes at the basic stuff. He's making mistakes, not doing right. What basically take some random person off the street. They could do this job better than Joe Biden. So there's no way they can stick with him. There's no way unless unless they're that confident that they, they can somehow rig it. All over again. Uh, more on Enrique Tarrio. I really feel bad for him. He's no white supremacist. And his mom. It's a dark moment. But I think ultimately it's going to work out. Stay tuned. Be right back. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the judge is talking down there in Atlanta. Now, it's just a preliminary thing. But I actually do remember the preliminary hearings of the uh, O.J. Simpson case. I was glued to that thing for whatever. Oh, I know why. I'll tell you in a second. Put it up one more time, please. This is the judge. You sold drugs. You murdered on a separate day, a month apart, whatever it might be. There's a time lag here. There's a completely different set of facts that go with it. There's no interaction or knowledge as far as the parties go. So there's no way for us to presume how much damage that the evidence against one person might eventually spill over. Uh, regardless of the instructions, and that's what I cited to you in the Griffin case, you know, out of Georgia from 2000 by the Supreme Court. It's a decision you have to make. I can't presume any of that, but having a ton of experience, you having a ton of experience in trials, you know that that is a substantial risk um, as far as impacting a a fair trial because her charges are way more provocative versus the boring old charges that we have as far as just sort of the paperwork type situation, and that's what I worry about because it tinges on racial issues, voter suppression, all those kinds of things are going to come up, you know, based on what's happened in Coffee County. And that scares the heck out of me. So are you, are you saying that in line with Price, I think the way Price has been distinguished over the years is one defendant had overwhelming evidence and the other defendant didn't really have much. Are, are you saying there's a defendant here who has overwhelming evidence as compared to your situation? Well, I don't have discovery yet, so I can't necessarily say I can just base it on what I think the evidence is going to be. Um, I don't know if I'd call it all right, overwhelming. So, yeah, Cheeseboro. All right, Cheeseboro, again, this is Cheeseboro's lawyer. And Cheeseboro doesn't want to go to trial with Sidney Powell. Because Sidney Powell uh, had a lot going on, all right? She was handling multiple, multiple things. And she is accused of, well, a lot of stuff. Whereas Cheeseboro, all he did is write emails and send those emails, all right? That's it. 
Never even met Sidney Powell. So they don't want to go to trial with Sidney Powell. And Sidney Powell, you know, they, they created such a, well, such a stink around her, right? Uh, they always, always overlook or omit that she's a former federal prosecutor. She's got great credentials. Uh, maybe she talked too big a game. I don't know. What I do know is when Mike Pence opens his big fat mouth and tries to say that these are all crackpot lawyers, his words, crackpot lawyers, uh, he's quite frankly the crackpot lawyer. All right. He went to upstairs, um, school of law, Indianapolis upstairs school of law. It was in a strip mall. Right. And that's fine. Whatever. But John Eastman went to Harvard. Rudy Giuliani went to NYU, one of the top three law schools in the country. These guys were no kidding. Big league lawyers, not just based on where they went to law school, but their careers and what they did. They were actually practicing lawyers. Um, What's his name? You know what he did before he got into politics, uh, Mike Pence? He was an admissions counselor at Upstairs Law School. It's not actually called Upstairs Law School. It's called something else. It's IU Willits Academy or something like that. It's some very, you never heard of it. And uh, actually, he was on the radio. He did some AM radio in uh, in Indiana. Um, but when it comes to the law I'd go with Rudy. I'd go with John Eastman. And great lawyers disagree all the time. Five, four decisions in the Supreme Court. Um, that's pretty much standard, right? It's totally standard. So I'm actually very surprised that, Sandra, you called. I was a little bit rude to you, but then again, you went on and on with that letter that you wrote yesterday. Um, Sandra, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, Greg. How are you? All right. Well, there's the music. Oh, I'm gonna what? put I'm gonna put you on hold. And we'll talk again soon. All right. Sorry about the. Uh, uh, I don't want to call it hostility, but I don't want to hear any letters that you wrote to any congressman. I, I love that you did it. Hey, you got to write to some that you disagree with. Sandra, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, shame on the fake news. It's just a taste of what's going to happen, right? Now, I dip in, I listen for a couple of seconds, then dip out, all right? It's, but they are going to go, they're going wall to wall with this, this preliminary hearing, all right, that most of these bubblehead anchors could not actually decipher. They're not listening. They're getting ready for their, you know, just, they're, they're thinking about their hair. They're thinking about their makeup. Uh, I know they'll bring in some former federal prosecutor who will try to break it down for everybody, but it's um, it's a sign, though, right? They will. They think this is harmful to Trump, so they're going to go wall to wall with it. Let me ask you. And I did not actually catch the network news last night. Did anybody play uh, Joe Biden walking out of the Medal of Honor ceremony? They just walked out. It was the weirdest thing anybody ever saw. The entire press course talking about it. Did they actually show it on TV? I'd be very curious, all right? Because I think that's getting to the point where even they can't ignore it. They can't ignore this, right? This is a breakdown of a human being who happens to be the president of the United States. He can't do the basics of the job. All right, so the migrant crisis is not getting better. It's uh, Although the migrants, uh, I mean, hey, it, it is getting better for them. All the money, all the goodies, all the freebies, uh, this hotel, uh, this place, uh, they're, they're, the money's coming in. They get free daycare for the kids. I don't get free daycare. I don't, we got kids. We're paying this nanny. We're paying this school. We're paying, 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 paying. Um, you know, welcome to America. Uh, 
Uh, here's free stuff. Since when did that? I guess, I, well, Eric Adams and, um, and Bill de Blasio, they do have socialist dreams. Um, actually, I don't know, I don't know if, um, Eric Adams could define socialism. I don't know if he could. He's really dumb. Uh, you know, he picked a fight with the administration. Not really picked a fight, just annoyed them because he was such a show off and a jerk. And now we're screwed. That was the one thing that New York kind of had going for it, right? With a Democrat in office, right? He could speak to a Democrat president and presumably get hooked up. We don't have that anymore. We don't have it. Hey, Staten Island, once again, Curtis on the scene. Congratulations, Curtis. Let's hear uh, what went down. This is Staten Island last night. He's protesting. Good man. Cut 12. And so remember this. This is the borough that started Blue Lives Matter. Don't you forget white shirts. Don't you forget police. When Black Lives Matter attacked you, when Antifa attacked you, and they wouldn't let you do anything, Staten Island stood up for you and created Blue Lives Matter. All right. Blue Lives Matter. It came from Staten Island. There's a, the guy who invented it was in Staten Island. Now, is Curtis open to uh, campaign tips the next time around? He's got the microphone. I don't know if he has to yell like that. Possibly. It gets the crowd right. Look, he's run for mayor a couple of times. What do I know? All right. Good for him. If that works, that works. I would like to see a better performance next time around, though. Right. We got to work on some people. I think uh I don't know. I don't know. We'll have them in. We'll talk about it. I mean, uh, here are the grandmothers. They were pretty fired up. They blocked a busload of illegal migrants from getting, uh, they were trying to sneak them in. Cut 13, please. Illegal aliens are not welcome on Staten Island. We will make every day. I'm happy for you. We are going to be here every day until you go back to Manhattan. Every single day we will be here protesting. You are not welcome on Staten Island. Go back to Manhattan. You'll get a hotel room. You'll get a hotel room in Manhattan, and you'll be welcome in Manhattan. Staten Island does not want illegal aliens. You walk down the money. Get on the van. Stay on the van, and ask the driver to take you back over the Arizona Bridge into Manhattan, so you can get a hotel room. Manhattan has hotel rooms. They're giving away hotel rooms. If you come into this shelter, you will be on a cot with 300 other people. Go home. Go, Go back, back to Manhattan. Manhattan. Hey. Staten Island is not welcome. Illegal well, I don't want them here. I'm in Manhattan. <laughs> I thought you was going to say, go back to where you came from, like the country you came from. Look, you can't be here. You're illegal. All right? You can't be here. The asylum seekers. You know, Eric Adams. Eric said, oh, the asylum seekers of today are the commissioners of tomorrow. Well, they're the freeloaders of today. Uh, they are the thieves of today. They are the burglars of today because they broke into America. They don't belong here. It's interesting, though. Go back to Manhattan. I don't want them here. I don't want them here. They're just a couple of blocks away. And they're committing crimes like crazy. And that one guy with the machete, the guy has a machete. Uh, they arrested him. They let him go. They arrested him. They let him go. They let him go. They let him go. All right. Now, what's the deal with that woman who was beaten up with the cane? Now, what I'm hearing is the cops did not see that video. They let him go. It's not like they arrested him. They didn't even, <laughs> they, they arrested him and he's out on bail or no bail. It's like they didn't see the video. 
They had one part of the story. They had the other part of the story. Uh, the cops were like, you're both jerks. We want nothing to do with you. Talking about that 60-year-old lady who was beat up uh, 116th Street, Lenox Avenue. Horrific video. It's kind of inconceivable still, though, that that guy would not get arrested moments later or during or in progress or nobody would jump in. We talked about I talked about it yesterday. Would I jump in? I hope so. It quite frankly depends a little bit on how big the guy is. Right? It does. Do I just jump in if he's six foot six? I don't know. I don't know if I could take a six foot six. You know, then I, I, you got to do the right thing. But boy, you look at what Daniel Penny is going through, right? The money, his life on hold, fighting for his life. You know, Daniel Penny, Jordan Neely. Remember that story? Seems like ancient history. Not for, uh, Daniel Penny, the hero marine. A total hero. All right, Sandra, sorry I interrupted you. Uh, what's the latest? Oh, hi, Greg. Um, you know, you talk about Enrique Ontario, and I, I looked in my book, one of my books, and it said the Eighth Amendment, his, his Eighth Amendment right was violated, in my opinion, cruel and unusual punishments. And last night I heard on television they said they want to use him as an example to warn others not to mess with the government. So I think that's an outrage. And, yeah, and, the Eighth and Amendment thinking, thing, hey, look, I think the guy should not be going to jail, all right? But I don't think jail, prison, I don't think prison means cruel and unusual punishment. I've not heard, maybe you're right, I don't think the Eighth Amendment is used to object to lengthy prison sentences. You know, cruel and unusual comes out to, uh, you know, we make you walk the plank or, uh, I don't know, we bury you at the beach all the way up to your neck. Uh, you know, we beat you up. Uh, we waterboard you. That's where the, that's where you get into cruel and unusual. I mean, a lengthy sentence like this is cruel, but it's not unusual. You know, people, people do get sent to jail. Now this is, this is an atrocity. I was talking to a lawyer today, a defense attorney. And uh, she told me that <laughs> she's defended murderers and some who have been convicted who have gotten less time than Enrique Tarrio. Less time. Manslaughter. What did what did Robert Chambers get? Five to 15 years. Remember, that's the guy who killed Jennifer Levin. Five to 15 years. Now, they they gave him 15 years. He didn't get out a moment too soon. But seven years early, he took a human life. A human life. It was an accident. Nobody believes it was an accident. Very weird case. It's a very, it's a tragedy all around. Tragedy all around. That guy, people saw him. People thought he was like John F. Kennedy Jr., right? He was destined for the United States Senate. I don't know if it's cruel and unusual, Sandra. Well, you know what? First of all, this jail in uh, Fulton County, I would like to see it closed. All right. Well, that's not where Enrique Tarrio is going, and you would like to see it closed. But look, jails stink. All right. They stink. It's one of the reasons why you don't want to go to jail, right? Rikers Island stinks. Fulton County stinks. Sing Sing stinks. You don't want to go. One of the, it's a very unpleasant place, obviously. Uh, thank you, Sandra. Joe is standing by. What do you have to say? How you doing, Greg? I just want to talk about the migrant crisis. And, uh, this past Sunday, I was almost a victim of a robbery. I couldn't believe it. Um, I'm coming out of work at Water Street, you know, the, you know, the South Street Seaport's what really do you nice. Do? What do you do? I do private private uh, security. Okay, on a Sunday, right? Yeah. All right, you're coming out of work, and what happened? So I'm coming out of work, and I'm walking walking to the car, and, you know, all of a sudden, 
I get six mopeds around me with migrants attempting to rob me. And I saw my firearm, and they scattered like, you know, they saw Jesus Christ. I just want to say something to Mayor Adams. Hey, when before you say that, and I want you to say it, but, uh, and I got to ask, uh, and I know, are you a former cop? I am a retired police officer. So I know you have a sense about this stuff, and uh, I don't doubt you, but just tell us, how did you know, how did you assess that they were illegal? When you have six to eight mopeds surrounding your car, and they were getting closer. Well, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. All right, I want to know, though, how they're illegal migrants. All right, I'm sure they were. Tell us how you sense that. I mean, you can buy mopeds in America. I know they're handing some out and that kind of thing. Uh, I've seen motorcycle gangs with uh, Americans uh, riding around like crazy and popping wheelies and making me scared. That's happened before. How did you know that they were illegal? Well, from my from my from my experience in being in the city here, when they do try to work, they're they're on their they're on their mopeds. So basically, I call the local precinct. And the local precinct told me that there's open open sixty ones on them in regards to robberies. What's an open sixty one? So it's a complaint. All right, so, you, so they swarm your car, you pull out your gun, and they go running, or they go flying off on the moped, right? My gun was on, you know, on my waist. So basically, they just saw it and then they scattered. But I'm six feet tall. 260 pounds. And you were in the car or you're walking to the car? I was opening the car. Yeah, and in Sunday downtown, nobody's down there, right? In Wall Street area, a beautiful day. Were they wearing you know, helmets? Quiet. Were they wearing helmets? Yes, yes. Hmm, hmm. All right. I still am a little bit unclear about the migrant thing, how you know that they were migrants. Just tell me. What did you see? You had to see more than a moped. You had to see, what else did you see? Your face. And? I can identify migrants. You can identify migrants. Well, that's where it gets a little bit sticky. A little bit sticky. I, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, man. I mean, that's where it gets a little bit sticky. You don't know. You know, they're, you know, you don't know. Illegal, working, legal. I mean, you don't know. I work. Hey, man, by the way, I'm not second guessing you pulling your gun. Uh, if you no. felt like you're going to get robbed, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to figure out who these guys actually were. And, you know, we do have criminals in America. We do have criminals, uh, who are illegal migrants. And I just wanted to figure out if we could actually, how you could tell that they were illegal migrants. Anyway, listen, uh, so you're, um, you told your boss, you told the cops and, uh, don't mess with the cop. Don't mess with the next cop, right, Joe? Well, listen, I don't want to have the attitude that I don't follow rules because when it comes down to it, I have a family. I've worked very hard to have a good name. And right now, if you do anything, you're dragged in the mud first. What do you want to say to Mayor Adams? Mayor Adams, I want to thank you very much for making this city look like a third world country. All right. You're you being sarcastic. Douchebag. Oh, douchebag. Come on, man. That's all right. Well, I happen to agree, but you got to do better than that. All right. That's not uh, that's very juvenile, Joe. You're a family man. You got a, you got a, you got kids. You can't be using the DB word. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's pretty. Imagine that getting sworn by those guys on a bunch of, Hey, Diego, you know what I was getting at though, right? I mean, I'm a little bit sensitive to this. You're a native of Mexico and you're looking right at me and you're shaking your head. I mean, I, I'm not Mr. Politically correct, but then again, I think I did have a point, right? It was a question that needed to be asked. 
How did he know that they were actually migrants? Right, right. Now, I will say this. I mean, there are some times where you can, you can, how, how shall I say this? You can look at somebody and you can possibly make that assumption. Possibly. Possibly. You know, you just, you just study them. You know, the little things, the little, little, little things. Right? I mean, uh, right? I mean, look, uh, what, 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 what am I profiling here? Am I, uh, no, I'm not. Um, look, I went by the uh, Roosevelt Hotel, right? I'm just putting two and two together. And there were plenty of mopeds there. Although they don't call them mopeds. They call them e-bikes. I mean, I just looked at them and I kind of knew that they were migrants, right? Fair enough. You put other things, that you use other things like geography. What would they be doing here? And I follow the news and I know why they're there. But I know what you mean, right? You can't, you're getting a little bit, uh, and that's totally appropriate on your part. Um, but sometimes I think you can kind of tell. You get an inkling. You get an inkling. Don't you have a spidey sense? Well, if I start yeah. walking around Mexico City, all right, dress the way I dress, right? Are people going to assume that I'm not from Mexico? I think they are. All right. It's not a racist thing. All right. Although they will look at my, dare I say, white skin, manner of dress, my, my gait, the way I walk, the way I turn my head, all that stuff, all these little things that as human beings we process, right? And we come up with this. This guy looks like he just got here yesterday. This guy looks like he's been in New York for 20 years. This guy looks like, uh, is, 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 Father was on the Mayflower. Grandfather. Great, 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 great grandfather was on the Mayflower. You know what I mean? Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, sometimes, um, unfortunately, Mexico is very, uh, classist and, uh, and, and that sense, the, the upper class of people who, who can afford to have a good life in Mexico are, are more European, lighter skin, and the, the lower class is more, more darker skin too. That's also wow. That sounds, but look, if I walk around, no one's going to mistake me for a Mexico person, right? I'm serious. I've been to Mexico. I didn't know what the hell was going on there and I'm not going back because of all that, all the heads that are getting chopped off and stuff like that. I can't do it. And I can't say, well, this area is good. That area is bad. Just like I'm not going back to Iraq. Uh, I know there are great people there. Hey, did you see the wing? The guy at the, uh, the plane that crashed with the gender reveal? Yeah, reveal. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, uh, that That's was crazy. that was wild. That was so wild. Somebody hired a plane to release pink smoke because it was a baby, and then he crashed the plane. Hey, I'm available. I know how to do it. I wouldn't have broken the plane. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. TikTok, TikTok. The app is destroying lives. It's probably destroying America. TikTok, an app that comes from China. And guess what China wants to do? Destroy America. Uh, they may never have to even invade. They can destroy it from within, uh, corrupting our children with this TikTok. Uh, it's so, I don't want to say insidious. It's, it's like, it's obvious. It's blunt, blunt force trauma to children. Coming in there, preaching all this transgender crap, and uh, encouraging kids to do these silly challenges like you know drink bleach or something stupid. The latest thing, um, and it, well, it's been around for a while. What do they call it? Subway surfing. 
kids getting on the top of subway cars and videoing themselves as the train uh, goes through, um, it goes around, goes around. Now, you can't really do this in the subway. you got to do it on the elevated subway, right? Because uh, there's, there's no room. Well, maybe there isn't. The lay down is so dangerous. And people are getting killed doing it just so they can have a, just so they can go viral, viral. Going viral is not that. I go viral a couple of times a month. Believe me, it's not that. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. You can't make money off of it. Well, 10 people do. 10 people in America make money off of uh, TikTok and everybody else is trying to. So it's not worth it. There's too much competition. There's a trillion people you're, uh, you're competing against. This is Chief Kemper of the transit, the, the, the transit police cut 17, cut 17. No amount of clout, no amount of attention, or no amount of social media likes is worth risking your life. All right. Well said, Chief. So don't do it. Um, maybe, we, maybe they got to start a social media campaign though. You know what I mean? Like that video, that guy saying that is not going to make a big difference. On TikTok. It's just not. Um, hey, that preliminary hearing is still going on. I think this is the government guy, somebody who works for Fannie Willis. Imagine that. Imagine having Fannie as your uh, boss. Let me listen to this for a second, please. Any of these defendants, Al, would be more economical. I'm not quite sure how that works. Um, I think one four-month trial is shorter than multiple four-month trials. Same witnesses, same evidence. Um, minimizing the inconvenience and trauma on victims and witnesses. And I want to remind the court that part of this RICO conspiracy involves victims. There are victims in this case um, that were targeted by members of the enterprise and their lives were turned upside down. And that's an important part of this case. And having those people come and testify multiple times over and over would both inconvenience, but more importantly, traumatize them. Oh, shut up. Consistency of the verdicts. You liar. All right. This is a Fulton County deputy district attorney, right? He's saying that um, they have to be tried together so the defendants don't, the, I'm sorry, the witnesses. You know what the witnesses he's talking about? Ruby and, uh, what's the other one's name? Ruby and Fanny or whatever. Shay, Shay Moss and Ruby. Oh, somebody played ring and run at my house. I'll never be the same. Oh, somebody called me on the phone. Get over it. Get on with it. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, I can't tell really what's going on exactly, um, but I have a feeling that this judge is pretty skeptical of what the government is trying to pull in this prosecution of the the January 6th people down there in Georgia. The January 6th people, well, shorthand, including President Trump, including President Trump. How dare they? And um, what are we going to do about it, right? <laughs> what are we? What are you going to do about it, right? What What can we do, right? The media is in their pocket. Uh, we're uh, all checked out on dope watching Netflix, right? You can't fall for it. Be active. You know what really bothers me, the January 6th thing? And again, I got to say it, anybody who broke anything, anybody who hurt anybody, uh, needs to be punished big time. But, but, but a lot of people were just there and the doors were open and they walked in. Who left those doors open? Why wasn't the National Guard there? Um, 
they have used that. They've weaponized it. Oh, I know. Here's the problem. After January 6th, people feel very, very reluctant to participate in a lawful, peaceful protest. Right? It, 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 it Especially if you're MAGA. Because you get this sense that something could go wrong. And then you could spend a good deal of time in jail. 22 years, Enrique Tarrio. It is a utter disgrace i really feel bad about it all right i want to turn the volume up one more time this is a hearing in georgia oh you know what else is about to happen uh mitch mcconnell is going to come out and speak to the reporters this is the first time i think we're going to hear from him since well no 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 he spoke the other day on the senate floor but it's a press conference and what happened in the last two press conferences he just freezes Mid-thought, we do not like Senator Mitch McConnell, but I want him to live to be 100. I hope he gets over whatever the hell he's uh, got going here, but I want him to live to be 100. I also want him to um, go away. You know, he is a rhino. He's out to trip up Trump, uh, a terrible, terrible guy, um, and a career politician. They're in it for themselves. Oh, here's something interesting I'm looking, um, working on. You know, these career uh, office holders. What I'm doing is I'm looking at the house they lived in, right? I'm tracking down the actual dwelling, the house that they were living in when they were first elected to public office, right? So for Bill Clinton, for instance, in 1978, when he was elected uh, governor of Arkansas, he was in a little small brick cottage. It's a little cottage. If you were Driving down the street, you wouldn't look twice, okay? Just a little cottage. Fast forward to his life in poly- at the end of his uh, career, he moves into a $3 million estate in Chappaqua. Remember that? Obama's even worse. He lived in an apartment. He had a, a very ordinary condo in, on the first floor in Chicago. That's where he was living in 2004 when he got himself elected to the U- U.S. Senate. And now what is it, what does he have? Well, you've seen the Martha's Vineyard set up. You've seen uh, the big castle he has in Washington, D.C. He's got a huge house in Chicago. And he actually has, in Hawaii, Magnum P.I.'s original house, right? Remember Magnum P.I. and Higgins? That was a great show. And T.C. and the rest. Um, and the great theme song. Uh, but... It was awesome on CBS on Thursday nights, as I recall. Anyway, uh, he bought that property. He actually tore down Magnum's house and put up his own. So he's got all that stuff. And then I'm looking at Donald Trump. What did Donald Trump, when he was elected president, what did he have? Well, he had a lot. (laughs) With his very first time in politics, he had Trump Tower. He had Bedminster. He had Mar-a-Lago. He had clubs and golf courses all over the world and then he leaves office did he upgrade <laughs> did he did he increase the size of mar-a-lago i mean he's got the same stuff you, you got to see what joe biden what he lived in when he was elected to the u.s senate in 1972 actually you can go back a little bit further in 1969 when he was elected to city council in newark delaware he was living in a bit basically in a shack all right, in a shack. It's very, you know, it was a bit, it was a bit dilapidated. And 
after he left the vice presidency, he moved into his fourth mansion. His fourth mansion. I mean, this one was magnificent with big columns in front. It actually looked, it actually in its own way looked better than the White House. It's in McLean, Virginia. Uh, in addition to all of his other properties. So it's a fascinating that they're going after Trump. These guys profited by all that time in public office. They profited big time. They made out like bandits. And Trump just goes right back to the same old stuff he had. Granted, it was great, but he made no bones about it, right? He went into uh, the money-making business. Like most people, you got to make money. Don't give me that nonsense, you career politicians, about giving back and public service. You know, our founding fathers didn't see it that way. You know, you don't go to Washington, D.C. or Albany and set up shop for the rest of your life, 30, 40, 50 years, couple of years, and then you're done. And then you're back to whatever it is you do, making books. I mean, book binders, right? That's what they did in the 1700s. You had candle makers. You had blacksmiths. You had bootsmiths. You had farmers. You had lawyers, teachers, professors, inventors. You were supposed to go back to those jobs, not stay the permanent governing class. They had no, they never thought of it. I think the word is metastasizing. Is that right? Did I get that right? That it would grow and grow and grow. Mike in Wayne, welcome back. Craig, how are you? Not only that, Enrique, he burned the BL Black Lives Matter flag. That tacked on five months to this ridiculous prison term. Okay, and it just goes to show you in America, you can burn your American flag where soldiers and veterans protected you, lost their their lives, their body parts. I know, I know. Hold on a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I think you said something that's not right. You said they tacked on five months to this 22 years. I think he already did the time. He already did the time for burning the Black Lives Matter flag. He already did it. He was arrested, and they threw him in jail. I think he pleaded guilty. And they threw him in jail, you're right, for burning a Black Lives Matter flag. But he's already, he was already charged. He's already done his time for that. And then he gets out of jail, and I talked to him a couple of times after he got out of jail, and then they raided his home down there in Miami. But I agree with you. If only he had burned a, an American flag, right? How many American flags? How many Israeli flags were burned during that Black Lives Matter nonsense, huh? Mike, the big point that you're totally spot on, but I think uh, they didn't tag on any five months that I know of. No, you're right, Greg. I'm sorry. It was five months in the beginning, and then he got convicted of this malarkey, as uh, Biden says. And I feel very bad for him. Hopefully, like you said, things are going to change, and that, that'll turn around as well. I hope so. I really do. These guys, uh, and you can't even talk about it, right? You can't talk about January 6th. People get so nervous. They get so, so nervous when it comes up. Why not? Why, why, why can't we talk about, why can't we talk about, can't talk about January 6th. You can't talk about, uh, you can't talk about black lives in any substantive kind of way. You can't do that. I mean, the only thing, if you happen to be white, the only thing you're supposed to say is salute the Black Lives Matter flag and write them a check. But to talk about the actual issues, and if you really want to help black lives to tackle the issues of where the hell did all the fathers go in aspects of the, in, in parts of the African American world? I mean, what, what's going on there? Look at the numbers. The father, fa- fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. This is true in every group, every racial group, but nowhere is it worse than in the African-American world. 
And if you don't believe me, ask Barack Obama. Because that was a quote of Barack Obama. It's so much easier to go around canceling uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima, right, than it is talking about not having kids out of wedlock, graduating from high school, not committing crime, getting married, staying married. These are the kinds of things people do, and it keeps them out of trouble. Um, the other stuff is easy. You know, Tim Cook, nothing personal against Tim Cook. I've never met the man. He runs a great company, Apple. I mean, it's kind of woke, but, man, they make some great gear. Like Rush. You know who turned me on to Apple? Rush, actually. Rush was always talking about his... uh and I, it always seemed a little bit kind of like Rush. I, like it, it, it seemed a little bit like, I don't know, a little bit lefty at the time. But I love Apple. The, the, the equipment, the stuff, it's just, it, it, it's artwork. Anyway, when, when Rush started using that stuff, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll get an iPhone too. And I did, and I got an iPad, and I love this uh, hardware. So Tim Cook comes out and writes a big fat check for like $10 million to various, uh, to, to, to Black Lives Matter and but not really thinking about it deeply, right? Just writing a check to get the mob off your back. But to roll up your sleeves and actually try to help people of color, right, or people who don't look like you, that's a pain in the ass, right? And to talk about race in a substantive way, you know, (laughs) I'm sorry, I, I would love to believe that Black Lives Matter, but... I'm just looking at everything, and I don't think black lives actually matter. No. According to the mainstream, I've noticed something. Black lives only really seem to matter when that black life is taken by a white cop. Otherwise, nobody gives a damn, and I can prove it to you. I can absolutely prove it to you. So, yeah, black lives matter. But black lives matter actually doesn't think so. Isn't that amazing? It really is. And it's outrageous that the corporate America, media, members of Congress, Republican, Democrat, quite frankly, the only guy who's having a real there, – there are a handful of people out there. Ben Shapiro, um, uh, Secretary Carson, remember him? Ben Carson, total brainiac, love that guy. Uh, Sheriff Clark, Donald Trump, who are having a real and substantive conversation about race. Hey, I'm no expert. I don't have a Ph.D., but I can look at the data, and I can come to the conclusion, as any person can, that going graduating from high school, not committing a crime, uh, not having kids out of wedlock, is going to set basically 98% of the population straight. And now we have basically almost 66% of African-American families without fathers. <laughs> You realize incarceration, illiteracy, all the bad things in the world come with that. There are plenty of single parents raising kids who do great. I know that. I know it. But it is, when you're looking at the data across the board, it's a real disadvantage. Joe, wait a second. What do you want, Frank? Who's this? Frank? Frank in Greenwich Village? What is this? Yeah, hi. Who are you? This is is somebody that, um, that says that Black Lives Matter should thank all of the non-black people who supported them during that time. I got wow, wow, what a what a what a what a what a nonsensical thing to say. But anyway, Frank, uh what's your point though? What's your what's your big point of the day? So so Penny is guilty. Of what? He's guilty because he could have 
Guilty of guilty of what? Of manslaughter. I see. And he is guilty of manslaughter. Guilty and of manslaughter. Who held the feet down too should be guilty too, because I've been there where I've been attacked. Okay. Wait, wait, okay, wait, 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 Frank. Were you getting in people's faces? Were you terrorizing a subway full of people, saying you're going to kill yourself and others, and you don't care whether you live or die, right? You get in my face and you say that stuff, I will attack you, Frank, and I hope the others on the subway uh, attack you. And if you struggle, I'll put you in a, not in a chokehold. Everybody says that uh, Penny put him in a chokehold. He wasn't choking the guy. Look at the tape, Frank. He's alive. He's breathing. At one point, he's talking. He's not being choked. We've all been fed a bunch of lies, and Frank, you believe him. I'll see you around. Let's do one more. Mario in Rockland. Hey, what's up, Greg? Uh, I was bringing up that point about that uh, gender reveal plane crash. Yeah. If you look, if you look at the video closely, they also blast off. I believe like a. CO2 cannon with some uh, confetti. Just as that plane flies over, they blast off the cannon. Almost instantaneously, the plane jumps up, and that's when the wing comes off. I think they actually blew the wing off the plane. You know something? That's interesting. You may be on to something. I'm going to look at it again. I thought, what I thought is, the guy gets excited, because you do that sometimes. He's a pilot, there are people on the ground, he's performing. That's a crop duster. He's not an air show pilot, but he got excited, and he was showing off, and I think he pulled uh, the stick too hard, and uh, structural, you know, catastrophic failure, too many Gs. I think he pulled the stick, pulled back. He got low, and then he pulled back, you know, he had to avoid the trees, and that's why I thought the wing snapped off. But that's a very interesting point. You may be onto something. I will take a look at it. Uh, are you a pilot? No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. No, 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 no. But that's good. Uh, that is interesting. Now, but th- those things that shoot that stuff, it's like uh, when you go to the ball game and they shoot the T-shirts out of the gun, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, no, but this was. Oh, we lost you. Uh, that's an interesting point. And, and does anybody know this video? You gotta see it. Let's go ahead and put it up on WABC.com. Can we? WABCradio.com. Don't check it right now. Check it in 10 minutes. We're on it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. I don't like what happened down there in Atlanta. I mean, I'm not going to get into every little silly detail of this case. The whole damn case is silly. But uh, let me see here. Chesbro, who is the lawyer who wrote memos about the Electoral College and what the Constitution says about the Electoral College and how, I don't know, I haven't read the memos, but he wrote a bunch of memos about it, okay? Uh, and he's a lawyer, and you're allowed to have theories about what the Constitution means, and you're allowed to have theories about what's permissible and what's non-permissible, okay? Uh, Sidney Powell, on the other hand, she... I don't think she ever met this Chesbro guy. He just wrote a bunch of emails. That's what his lawyers say. So they're going to be at the defendant's table together, even though like she's charged with all kinds of other stuff that has nothing to do with this Chesbro guy. Uh, that seems like it's uh, pretty unfair, and I'm getting the sense. Two things. The judge was on television, and I don't think he's been on TV in his life, right? Nobody cares who this judge is day in and day out, right? So... 
I just felt like he was hyper aware that a camera was on him. And the way he spoke, it was like he was speaking to the audience of TV pundits. Yeah, TV pundits. Not, I don't know, there was something odd about it. A courtroom camera. And now they're pushing to get the cameras in the uh, federal court. And, of course, the fake news thinks it's fantastic. And they're all celebrating this. Judge denies Chesbro's motion to sever case from Powell's. Well, they also seem to be a little bit freaked out, the prosecutor and even the judge, that they may not be ready for this trial that Chesbro wants right away. Speedy trial. Game on. I like that. All right. Do me a favor. James Flippin just walked in. Hello. Hey, what's up, Greg? Uh, there's the music. Uh, so you stick around to the other side, all right? All right. Sounds good. Get you some news headlines. Uh, news headlines. News, sports, and weather, too? Oh, yeah. Why not? Okay. Be right back. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. If the O.J. Simpson trial was the trial of the century, this is a new century. What the hell are all these uh, Donald Trump trials going to be? Uh, I think they're I don't think they're going to happen. I think this is going to somehow get to the Supreme Court. I heard Mark Le- Mark Levin describe how that can happen. Also, Dershowitz actually described how that could happen, how they could get relief uh, from the Supreme Court, uh, you know, just bypass the whole system. I would love it. There's a legal way to make that happen. Uh, let's do it. Hey, James Flippin, welcome back. Hi, right, Greg. Thank you. What's up with the heat? Yeah, I mean, geez, this is definitely not what you expected post Labor Day, is it? Uh, nope. And uh, it's hotter here than it was in Florida. I was in Florida. Yeah. People are commenting on my tan, and uh, I feel very good with the tan. So, what's happening? So, actually, uh, staying with the heat, some school districts in New Jersey are going to a early dismissal. Uh, over the next couple of days as a result of that heat. And we know that city schools, public schools, start up tomorrow for class. So we've been talking about the school bus strike. It looks like it's at least not going to be a problem for tomorrow and Friday. The union and the city vendors are going to negotiate over the weekend. To I to told you that wasn't going to be a thing. If they can get around it. They're always going at it. There's always, I knew it was going to work out. Uh, look at those two women on CNN and they're bright red. Didn't they coordinated that? I don't know. There's something... Uh, Obnoxious about that. They texted this morning and said, let's make sure. <laughs> Easy there, Caitlin. You're not the news. Yeah, I think that's very obnoxious. All right, what else? Uh, so then sticking with this education-type stories, there are 19,500 recently arrived migrant children, or at least they're living in temporary shelters. Most of them are migrants who are enrolled in public schools. So 19,500. Basically, the Department of Education says they have all the room they need because so many kids left the public school system during COVID. Well, I feel bad for these kids. Their parents committed a crime. You know, what do we do about the kids? Uh, you know, I mean, what do we do about the kids? What do you do about the kids? And that's how they, that's sinister. They use the kids. They use the kids as emotional blackmail. You know what I mean? I don't want to feel guilty about the kids. And so the parents worm their way in and then you got to, and then, and then you're like France and then you're overrun with illegal uh, migrants who don't believe necessarily in our way of life. You know, the best moment of the Republican National Convention was when Donald Trump stood there and swore in. I think there was somebody from um, South America. There was somebody from Central America. There was somebody from Africa. There was somebody from India um, swearing them in to become citizens. And why was that beautiful? They came here the legal way. 
And it also totally blows uh, blows away the whole idea. Oh, MAGA, you're racist. You're just afraid of people who don't look like you. Number one, nobody looks like me, except that guy who was on Dynasty named Jeff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but nobody looks like you. know Nobody looks like anybody. Do you remember when it was like, I mean, it's borderline racist kind of to think that everybody who happens to be black looks alike, right? Yeah. So there's a story, actually, I, I have to just jump in right there because it connects so perfectly to another story we're covering today where – Governor Hochul of New York, she signed legislation that's aimed at making teachers in New York more diverse. They want more diverse candidates. And she says that basically black students want to see teachers that look like them. Who said that? Governor Hochul. She said that. That mm-hmm. bimbo, I'm sorry. I Yeah, I, I underline that, all right? She is so out to lunch. And this is what, this is what passes for leadership, right? Going out there with the latest cool slogan, kids want to see teachers that look like them. One of my heroes, Ronald McNair, he was an astronaut who died in uh, the Challenger, 1986. Great guy. Went to space actually before the Challenger. There were no black astronauts for him to look up to. I'm sorry, but there weren't. But he looked up to Neil Armstrong. I think he's worthy of looking up to. I mean, I'm only going to look up to white Catholic men? What the hell kind of bigoted worldview is this? Hochul said that out loud. Do you have that? i got to hear this. Uh, yeah, I actually, and I, I just have to go to the other computer to get it, but I can play it for They're going to get it for you. Man, I knew she was dumb. I knew she was vapid. I knew she's not in it for anybody but herself and her husband. But for her to whip out something like that. And here's also, you know, the other thing, she's all this racial virtue signaling and then trying to mandate that everybody drives an electric car by 2030. She doesn't know anything. She's no, you know, that would be devastating to the environment. Absolutely devastating. You know how many children who don't look like her, i.e. black children, Spend time in the mines in Congo trying to get cobalt out of the ground for pennies a day. That's There's going to be a lot more of that if you make everybody drive these ridiculous electric cars that don't have the right pickup, that don't have the right range, that use up way too much natural resources, and, oh, by the way, are way too expensive. Gas. I want to get, what's the biggest, most obnoxious, gas-guzzling car I can get? A Dodge Challenger or Charger? Is that what it's called? A Charger, right? I want a Dodge Charger. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Or maybe the, get a Ram, the big, a big Ram. I don't know what that is. I mean, a Bronco, a big Ronk, a Bron- maybe a Bronco. The Broncos actually are looking very light and dinky lately. Where did James go? Oh, he's coming back now. All right, where'd you go? I didn't mean to. I was. I know I was going off on a rant, no, but I, I didn't to, want you to walk out of the room. I had to get the audio. Oh, is we have it now? Yeah, I think Diego's going to have it in a second. Oh, here. Kathy Hochul being stupid. So um, it's not exactly breaking news. Kathy Hochul being that the, way. The legislation she signed also is aimed at addressing a nationwide teacher shortage, which is affecting New York, and then it has programs aimed at preventing workplace violence. All right, but this is the headline. I think. Right, go ahead. It's just not numbers. It just. If we're going to inspire kids, it really helps for them to see someone who looks like them who made it as well. Because to these children, the teachers are success. You ignorant fool. What an ignorant fool. I mean, 
man, I know you're doing whatever you have to do and you're kowtowing to the left-wing Antifa orthodoxy, but <laughs> you, you look back in history. You know, Oprah Winfrey, she has her shortcomings. But back when we had a country and we had a culture, one of the most beautiful moments I ever saw on TV was when Oprah was reunited with her teacher, who saw promise in Oprah, just saw that she had something special going on. And she invited her back and it was such a tearful, beautiful reunion. That teacher happened to be white. Who the hell cares? You put Martin Luther King up against that, that idiocy we just heard. What a disgusting, stupid woman. And you know why she's there is because she doesn't know anything. I mean, Cuomo, like most number ones, picks the worst number two they could find because they don't want the competition. It's just really sad. You know, New York, you know, we used to Nelson Rockefeller, right? George Pataki. Kathy Oakle. Kathy. With her stupid entourage. You ever see her when she went to the racetrack? You ever see that? No, I got this I don't great footage. I, I got this great clip. She's going to the racetrack. She's waving at everybody like she's the Queen of England. She's got state cops with her. She's got county cops with her. She's got village cops with her. She's got state troopers. She's got park rangers. She's got this ludicrous entourage. As if anybody even knew who she was. <laughs> she just like the anyway. All right. I'm sorry, James. I'm going off. A no, little no, bit too no. Much. I, I, I kind of had a feeling you would feel a certain type of way about that. Sound, you got, when did she say that? That was today. I got to go protest. I got to do something. I got to do something. What can I do? Well, there was a protest last night on Staten Island, but it had a different... I want to protest her. Well, I don't want to give her the... Anyway, all right, keep going. Um, what, regarding that protest last night, you know, Curtis Sliwa was there at this protest on Staten Island Good where man. they're putting migrants at the St. John Villa Academy, and there were a couple of NYPD drones up in the air. So we're trying to figure out if they are, you know, if it's standard procedure to use drones at these protests. Well, but we haven't heard back from the NYPD yet. Uh, you know, you see helicopters over protests all the time. Mm -hmm. No reason why you shouldn't see drones over a protest. No problem with that whatsoever. You don't think it maybe if it's like a surveillance type thing or somehow yeah, you infringing on people's you got, civil liberties? No, you got to surveil it. You got to watch it. Make sure everything is, you know, stays peaceful. That's what you need the cops for. Now, taking a drone and just flying it over somebody's backyard barbecue, which is another bright idea they just had. That's wrong. That was Labor Day. Yeah. That's obviously you can't do that. But the protest, you're saying because it's a public space and it's, you know, you got to have safety or hey, whatever. Look up anytime, you know, go to the park, look up, go to Central Park. There's a police helicopter hanging out, right? They got a whole fleet of them in Brooklyn. They got to do something. Why not? I would watch the protest. If things get out of hand, they can coordinate crowd control. You know, you you got this bird's eye view, literally. You can see things going on. And uh you ever see? Yeah. I mean, in L.A., they do it all the time. We don't do it as much here. But, you know, high-speed chase and you got the helicopter, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh drones, uh less expensive. Less than, a, than a helicopter. Yeah, less fuel. You don't have to, you know, pay a guy to be a, the pilot. And, uh, yeah, drones are fine. How, how about this? This is something you've been playing that song where it was a artificial intelligence created song that's like, you know, supposedly it's not really Donald Trump, but it sounds like him. Yeah. There was a song that went viral, uh, back in April that's AI generated and it's supposed to sound like Drake 
you know, that rapper Drake or The Weeknd. Vaguely familiar with Drake, although I did meet him once, but keep going. So they submitted that song to the Grammys because it's technically a category that they're going for where as long as it's written by a human, it can be nominated for a Grammy. I just thought you said it was written by a computer. The song is performed by a computer. It's an artificial intelligence program that performs the song and it's designed to sound like the Drake. That's not that or different. Or the weekend in Drake. You ever see that? Remember that band, the Human League in the 80s, big in the 80s, Human League? Mm-hmm. They basically programmed a computer and you press a button and it comes out with all that modern music. A lot of DJs do So you're that. saying if it's like an instrumental type thing, it's... it's uh, can we hear the song? Okay. We got the song? No? That that I know we have somewhere. Yeah, it's up on X, <laughs> formerly known as Twitter. All right. So back to your personal life. What's going on? How's uh, how things working out? Are you guys going to get kids? Are you guys going to adopt or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we actually, we really uh, have been starting to look into that more lately. You know, there's all kinds of things you have to figure out early on. Like, are you going to do an open versus closed adoption? What's then- that? Closed is where the mom, birth mom, is not sort of like still in touch with the child. An open adoption means that when the kid gets a little bit older, or maybe even at like family parties or something like that, the mom might still come and visit every now and then. Ah, uh, gee, that's uh, that's 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 one to ponder. It does remind me though of that documentary. Everybody see that the three the triplets that looked alike. I mean, the triplets that looked like, what the hell was the name of that documentary? You mean the ones that were separated at birth? Yeah. What was the name of that documentary? It's the most amazing, I mean, it's- I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name. Entertaining as hell. These three guys, triplets, separated at birth, um, and then they, they're reunited in the most wild way. This guy's at college in upstate New York for the very first time. He transfers there. And everybody is calling him, hey, Joe, how are you? He's never been there before, and his name is not Joe. And everyone's saying, hey, Joe, hey, Joe. And he's like, this is totally freaky. What's going on? Hey, Joe, hey, Joe, why do you guys keep calling me Joe? And then somebody goes, wait a second, you're not Joe? <gasps> oh, my God, you got to come with me right now. And they put him in the car, and they drive him to Long Island, and they go meet Joe. I think it was SUNY Fredonia. Three Identical Strangers is the name of the documentary. Identical Strangers. I don't think it's Three Identical Strangers. Isn't it just Identical Strangers? Uh, I mean, this says it's three, but... All right, so Identical Strangers, Three Identical Strangers. Anyway, and when these guys meet, it's amazing. And they're like, wow, we're so happy. You know what I mean? And they they met, and they figured out, yeah, they were both adopted, and uh, but they met, and it's pretty wild. They both went to the same college. They bought, you know, applied to the same college, Mm -hmm. and it makes the newspaper. A guy in Newsday writes up an article... And then the third triplet <laughs> reads it. And he's like, wait a second. They all get together and they become like this big media sensation. I don't want to give it all away because some stuff happens later. It gets a little bit sad and it gets a little bit mysterious. And um anyway, I love that movie. What's it called again, please? Three Identical Strangers. You guys got to watch that movie. All right, please. Especially you before, yeah. as, as you take on this journey. Mm-hmm. All right. Um Anything else I should know? Uh, stuff that is only going to annoy you, like the fact that I have a fantasy football draft tonight. So I'll just say that quickly. And what does that right mean? On. What does that entail? Do you go to like a tavern or something? With no, your that's that's the traditional way to do it. But this is just online because you know there's people in Colorado, people in California. You know, it's all college. This is betting or something. You bet. You do. Yeah. You 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 pay a fee for your team, and then in essence, if you win the league, you win some money. Fantasy and football to me doesn't go together. I <laughs> fantasize not about football. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Thank you very much, James. Thank you, Greg. Be right back. Greg Kelly. 
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, that's me. Uh, I'm back. Uh, and I'm looking at, okay, everything's under control. Everything's under control. Just went viral there for a little bit. Not, mini viral, mini viral. Uh, a couple of hundred tweets, not a couple of thousand tweets. That's okay. Everything's under control. Uh, at Greg Kelly USA, if you ever want to find out what all the fuss is about, at Greg Kelly USA. So it looks like those lawyers in Atlanta, uh, were not able to separate Cheeseboro, Chesboro, the lawyer from New York who wrote memos about the Electoral College. I think you're still allowed to do that, uh, write memos. He could not separate his case from Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell did more than write memos. She was all over the country talking about cracking, talking about this, talking about that. I am not, you know, I, I can't speak to what she was involved in or not involved in. I, I don't know, but I do know that Chesbro wrote, I think, 18 emails. And it wasn't like he was saying he was saying anything criminal. He's, he was offering his interpretation of the Twelfth Amendment, all right, and voting procedures. This is still America, ma'am. And the judge, who uh, again, I think he was starstruck with himself. Cameras rolling. We're going to have a lot of problems going forward. All right, I got to get out of here in a second. Uh, let's just go through these really quick. Bill, hello. How you doing, Greg? Good to hear from you. Listen, I was. Well, you uh, called me. You, you uh, pointed out in your earliest segment about uh, all these politicians getting rich, but now just remember, Trump never accepted a paycheck, and that's one difference between Trump and the other people. I don't think any of those other politicians would not take a paycheck. Yeah, that's right. He took a dollar a year and he uh, gave money uh, to various causes, and it was never reported. Basically, you're like the second or third person I've ever heard even mention that. You're right. President's salary is $400,000 a year. He didn't take it because he didn't need it, and uh, I think that's pretty cool. Bill, thank you. Joe in Manhattan, yes. Hey, Steve. Steve. Hold on a second, Joe. I'll get back to you. You can't start a conversation like that. Ron in Freeport, hello. How are you? So my uh, question is, uh, you remember uh, Dennis Dillon, the DA in Nassau County? Yeah, the late great Dennis Dillon. I remember him. He was there for many, many, many years. He lived in Rockville Center. I always liked him. I met him when I was in sixth grade. Uh, what about him? Wait, he had passed away uh, when he went to he went to work in a private uh, in Rockville Center private firm. Uh, passed away. Really good guy. But I remember when I was going to college. Um, they were, he had a division called White Collar Crime. Uh, they had one of the Nassau County divisions, White Collar Crime. And one of the things they would do is when people would do uh, crimes uh, dealing with, like, uh, faking signatures and all that kind of stuff, uh, they would actually not look for the, the fingerprints from bad guys. They would look for the absence of the fingerprint of the person who supposedly signed the documents. And they had, you know, they do fingerprint testing and stuff like that. Today they also have DNA testing. Why couldn't we take a couple of million dollars and check these ballots that supposedly are real and see if they actually match the people that were supposedly signed them? They had to have handled their 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 ballots, and there should be at least one of their fingerprints. You can't check every single person, but a few million dollars, we're throwing money at Ukraine, we're throwing them at illegal immigration. Why can't we throw a few million dollars to see what's what with this? (laughs) You make it sound so easy. Why can't we take a few million dollars, get all the ballots, and start fingerprinting people and all that stuff? Uh, Dude, uh, I think there was rampant cheating. I do. But I also know this. It's over. 
we got to focus on 2024. There is states where ballot harvesting is legal. Uh, that was a, that's a very, very complicated thing that you want to, uh, how old are those ballots, dude? How old, first of all, it doesn't work right there. How old are those ballots? Right? And I don't even know if they keep them. And even if they did, how many people have been handling the ballots? You think you're going to go solving that now? Three years later? No, it's not going to work. 24, 2024 is what we got to focus on and making, making sure that they don't screw with the election. And keep your eyes out for COVID, and they pull the COVID alarm. Uh, Ron, thank you. And thank you for bringing up Dennis Dillon, a fine man, a great public servant. Barbara, it's your turn. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, hi, Greg. I'm looking more into the American Library Association because I was so shaken by what I found out about them pushing the um queer, you know, the drag queen uh, hours and so forth. And I found more. The woman uh, who is the president of the organization, the woman who, as I said yesterday, identifies herself as a Marxist lesbian, that woman recently spoke at the Socialism 2023 conference in Chicago. Who even knew there was such a thing as a Socialism 2023 conference? But she spoke there, and she spoke about how important libraries are to teaching socialism and spreading socialism in our communities. And so if you look on the American Library Association's website, they have pages and pages and reams of material that is very innocuous, and it sounds good. And hey. American Library Association, we got to check it out. Gosh, librarians, too, have gone crazy woke. Thank you, Barbara. Talk soon. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.